Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Neurotech Human Enhancement Podcast. And we have with us today two amazing guests. We have Todd and Dean from Alpha Omega, a mindset and life empowerment, correct me if I'm wrong, company, reaching out and educating people, giving them the tools, the skills, and the knowledge to get their mindset in on, on track with what they want to do so they can really take it to the next level. So welcome, boys. Thank you. Thanks Thank for having you. us. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Appreciate it. Yeah, that's so, um, Oh, it's good. It's good to uh, be on here. Thank you. Yeah. Fire away. Awesome. Well, my, guys, my name's Dean Martin. This is my partner, Todd. Um, well, not partner, partner, but that's okay. It's 2020. <laughs> <laughs> but as uh, Daniel said, we are from Alpha Omega. We are a coaching company basing, basically focused on mindset and business at the end of the day, where we help people you know, improve their inner game, which is everything that goes on internally so that they can have a better outer game. Because at the end of the day, and we focus on the 80-20 rule, where if you get your 80%, which is your inner game, improved and on point, your outer game can be at its peak performance, right? Which is everything that Daniel and Nutritech do is all about human optimization. And there's certain things, like most people just think they go through the day, um, through their life, just thinking life happens like to them right so it just happens for the sake of it but at the end of the day we're just like a computer if you understand the wiring and the programming and the software that you've got running you can reverse engineer it and reprogram it right correct yeah love it love it yeah so um that's what we do we help people reprogram and you know run new software so they can have a better life at the end of the day it's cool. That's awesome. So, yeah. How long have you guys been doing this? Because I know we just realized before we've reached out about two years ago and it's been mm-hmm. going, <laughs> had a conversation. So what has been like the process for you so far? Yeah, well, we actually started Alpha Omega, um, ooh, what was that, four years ago, three, four years ago? Yeah. Um, although we started working together in, because I've got a fitness and health background, starting to put all the mindset and things. So all Todd's knowledge with the mindset as I was getting my qualifications and things and finishing my master's in it, um, you know, basic bringing it together for health and fitness and trying to work out what are the gaps and the things that people are missing, why they're not having massive successes in long term in their health and fitness goals. So we started off doing that and then it brought us, 2016. yeah, which brought us to creating Alpha Omega and running our full mindset and overall lifestyle sort of, um, programs so So myself i've been i've been doing coaching training now for over a decade so Mm. i i originally got into this kind of business not because i wanted to you know do therapy or do coaching with anyone that wasn't my intention my original intention in becoming a therapist and becoming a uh, a practitioner of the mindset kind of thing was that i wanted to do better sales i was doing direct sales door-to-door sales the hardest kind of sales you can do right getting told no 50 to 100 times a day is not fun in anybody's opinion right but what's interesting is that once again, we, we had a chat on, on our podcast recently, Daniel, and you know, I, I think I told you briefly about my story, but for me, like the journey here has been anything but peaceful. Um, in prison when I was 18 for the, first, uh, for the second time, 17 for the first time, lots of mistakes involved with drugs, crime growing up, had a chaotic upbringing. Mm-hmm. And like, I did a really, really good job, I guess, of proving people right. Because everyone growing up told me I was never going to be anything. And it's funny because when I left prison the second time, right, here's a, funny, here's a funny thing, is that, you know, the prison guard said, Todd, mate, we'll see you when you get back, which is demoralizing, right? They expect you to come back. Statistically speaking, most people do go back. But yeah. like for me, and this is what's interesting, right? And we're talking about mindset today and what it's all about. Like 
I've done this for a long time. I've worked with hundreds upon hundreds of people in a coaching setting, in a therapy setting. I got out, I created my own businesses, got great success there, then started doing business coaching. And over the years, right, like there's a consistent theme that I've noticed, and this is dominant in, in anybody's life that doesn't have what they want to have. Mm-hmm. And that is that a lot of people wait too long to get to the point where enough is enough, right? Yeah. This is important, right? For, for those watching, those listening, how you're going to structure this, this podcast with this visual or auditory. Mm-hmm. But like a lot of people wait too long. For me, it took me seven years to destroy my life. Seven years. So I started when I was 11 and I finally got my shit together when I was 18. And I created so much pain. I was almost going to lose my entire life. 10 to 15 years for a crime I did not do. And like that was a, a wake-up call, a harsh, brutal, savage wake-up call where it's like if you don't change things, you've got two options, Todd, you will die because of the things I was doing and the people I was hanging around or you're going to be stuck in prison forever. And like that was extremely motivating as you can imagine, right? Yeah. And it's like we have to get to that point where enough is enough. So to come full circle and talk about, you know, how long we've been doing this for, a little while. <laughs> and like what we yeah. do with Alpha Omega really is, it's all about, you know, if we think about the mindset stuff, it's about mindset, emotions, and performance. The three pillars that support an amazing life. And when you get those three things right, it's game over. It doesn't matter what business challenge you've got, what life challenge that you've got. Everything is easier when you can run your mind and run your heart properly. If that makes sense. Yeah, most definitely. It's like the biggest thing to focus on is the, the big, everything that we do that goes on in our world and we've got complete control of that starts and finishes with us. Alpha Omega at the end of the day starts and big finishes with what we do. Yeah. Well, that's, that's everything in your life. Like we can have the same people go into the same situation and two completely different views and perceptions of what's happening. And you can control that. That's exactly what you've been talking about. We are computers. We're biological computers. So if you can learn to, utilize and go over and use and reprogram yourself you can change your perspective on life and therefore you can change how your life unfolds that is a a fascinating backstory todd like that is i always find it interesting to see how people come from certain situations like that and that's the catalyst like the difficulty going like the prison and things is the catalyst for them to improve and if you didn't do that then you probably wouldn't be in the position you are now and that's something that i always don't touch on like the, the kind of gratitude you can't see what's going to be the outcome of something in the future. You can only see it in hindsight. I think that's, again, a lesson you're probably very familiar with that lesson that people need to exactly. understand and learn. That's something important for your, your watchers and listeners too, is like, you know, more and more and more today as we move more into a PC culture, what we're seeing, and I don't mean PC, I don't mean PC like Microsoft, I mean political correct, right? Um, as we move more and more into a, a PC culture, right, where we try to bubble up everything, not offend anybody, right? It's, it's kind of like we're becoming more and more averse from averse to discomfort and not doing things that get us out of our comfort zone. And what happens is we're basically blocking our growth opportunities because, you know, once again, they say hindsight's a bitch, right? I don't know if I can swear mm-hmm. on your podcast, but too late. Say but hindsight's a bitch. It is. Hindsight is a bitch. And anybody that's been through anything challenging will know what I'm talking about, right? And, you know, when, when I've, I've, we've full-time committed to Alpha Omega only in the last, like, 24 months. Because before that, we've both had multiple businesses and we've just done coaching as a part-time hustle, yep. which, you know, you're saying that part-time hustle is quite successful, but, mm-hmm. but I digress on that. But the, the thing that I'm, I'm getting at is that, like, in hindsight, when you look back, like, you see the things that were there as challenges 
and how you grew from them. And like all, I've had massive learnings, right? Like there was prison and that was obviously a huge hit. Then got out, I got into business and I had no idea about business, right? Like I just knew how to get out there and I was hungry, I was pig-headed, I had a PhD, pig-headed discipline as Chet Holmes says. And like I was this hungry, right? Because I came from nothing and I just wanted so much and I wanted to prove everybody wrong. And like, because of that, I went head first into sales, started a business, had tremendous success very, very quickly, set no systems up, right? And the first big knock that almost knocked me off the horse because it was a shit ton of money was, you know, when it was like a Wednesday and we got a call from one of our main contracts that we were doing work for. And they said to us, they said, you need to pay us $186,000 on Friday. Wait, what? Yeah, right. <laughs> because we, we, we had, uh, we had holes in the bucket, right? Mm. So we, we, I'm not afraid to ask for things, right? So I'm happy to get in and negotiate deals to make it more favorable for myself and, and both parties, right? As long as yeah. it's a win-win. Fair exchange. And we, we got it. Yeah, and we, we negotiated a, a good deal where we got paid X amount up front and then X amount later. So it was like a 50-50 kind of situation. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, we didn't set the systems up properly in the business because this is just young, immature. I was like 20, oh, yeah. whatever I was. We've made those mistakes as well. <laughs> man. And once again, this is this coming back to that whole, you know, hindsight's a bitch sometimes. But like without learning from that, you know, getting your ducks in a row before going full steam ahead, like I wouldn't know that now. But that was, that was hard. And like the next lesson that came from that, right, was that, you know, when something does go wrong, what do you do? Because like we, yes, whilst we're making tremendous amount of good money, we're spending that money to payroll, expenses, marketing, like the money was coming in and the money was getting spent again. So like to have an extra $200,000 just sitting there to grab and, and pay back, it wasn't there. And it was like, fuck, what do we do? What do we do? What do we do? Self-sport. And like... Yeah, exactly. Right? And this comes into something we discussed about before the podcast started. Like, how, how do I make good decisions? How do I do good decisions when I'm stressed out? And like, biologically speaking, what happens when you enter states of fear is that the blood stops coming to your, your cortex. It goes back to the emotional parts of the brain. Sometimes your amygdala hijacks the system mm-hmm. and boom, markably, your IQ decreases so quick, right? Your ability to make good decisions goes out the door. So how do I get myself back in control so I can yeah. make good decisions. And like, if you've got business listeners, anyone, like I, I say to anyone and like we, we've run live events all around the country. We've had like literally hundreds of people last year come to our live events that we do. And like the amount of people that come in and when you, we, we often do um, come in, we teach the day and then we have um, post event calls just to get mm-hmm. feedback from everyone that attends. Mm-hmm. And like the amount of people that originally come because they're, they're suffering from not being able to control their emotions. Mm-hmm. It's staggering. Like I always knew that it was an issue, but I didn't realize it was that much of an issue until it's, we did the feedback calls. For a lot of people, like that's something we hear as well when talking to customers and things. And just in like life, talking to friends and family, once you become somewhat aware of it, you can start to see it and you start to realize like, oh, I can see that you're kind of unaware that you're putting yourself in this like I want to say a dumbed down state just because of the mindset and the, the systems you're running and the programs in your mind that you're running. I know we touched on it before. Do you have any kind of model or program that people could use to kind of help them reprogram, get out of that and start kind of getting them on the right path? No, no amygdala so they can control their stress. And they can be in the optimal mindset to actually make the choices and decisions and go wherever they need to go. Absolutely. So, so it, it, continuing the metaphor along, right? And then I'll, I'll give a part of it as well. So, 
we had the the we had this 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 thing happen, right? As you can imagine, the fear instantly went through the roof. I'm sitting in the car with my business partner at the time. I'm like, dude, are you serious? Two hundred thousand dollars, one hundred eighty-six thousand. Like, what the fuck? We don't have that money. What are we gonna do? And like, anyone that's ever had a call like this knows what I'm talking about. Like, your 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 stomach feels like it's gonna drop out onto the floor. Like, if your heart's pumping, I'm like, shit. What do we do? What do we do? On our way to the office, we've got like literally an office full of staff who we need to pay them, right? Yeah. They rely yeah. on yeah. us. And like, we're freaking out thinking, shit, we're going to have no money next week. They're going to, because, you know, we had money, we projected, right? Money that was supposed to be coming in. So if they were to just, you know, not play ball with us, they could stop all that future money coming in and we're, we're done. Yeah, they so have I'm freaking out. So how do, you, how do you do it, right? What's the strategy? So this is what I teach now. I teach a, a three-step breakthrough process in my live events. And it was not born as a result of this moment. It actually happened before this moment when a friend of mine commits suicide, right? And, you know, this, this is always an emotional story, but like I've had, you know, six or seven people kill themselves in my life at this point right now. And it's, you know, it's always sad. It's always unexpected and always hurts. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one day I was, I was walking through King George Square in, in, in Brisbane City. I had a business coaching um, session. I was going to a training for a bunch of sales staff and, a friend of mine called me and said, Hey, this girl that we know, she killed herself. And like, he sounded like he was drunk. So I just ignored him. I said, mate, you're joking yourself. Just, just get, I've got a good thing to go to. Just stop it. Hung up on him. Yeah. Hung up on him. He called me back and he's like crying. He's like, no, no. He's like, bro, you're serious. This, this happened. And like, it just came over me, right? The emotion, because see, I saw her like two weeks prior. And at this point I'm trained. I'm, I'm a practitioner of NLP. I do mindset stuff. I do positive psychology, hypnosis. I'm like, I should have noticed. Right. And like, you know, we do this pattern as people. Sometimes we beat ourselves up mm-hmm. and I started to enter this really negative place, which was, I started to blame myself. So I felt guilty. I'm like, I should have noticed that she was in that state. I should have noticed I could have helped her. And then like immediately the next emotion took over my body as I was standing in King George Square and it was anger. I'm like, how dare she do that? She's got a baby girl. That's the most selfish thing she should do. And I was furious, right? Filled with rage. And then once again, it was this dancing back between guilt, anger, sadness, guilt, anger, sadness, back and forth. Yeah, bouncing around. Not, yeah, it was not productive and it was not what was going to be conducive for a positive training, which I'd already been paid for. So I had to do something to get my mindset right. So to answer your question, how do you do it? Here's how you do it, right? So whenever you get overcome by emotion, the worst thing you can do is make a decision from that state. Mm-hmm. Worst choices always come from negative emotions, yeah? The best states are calmness, mild excitement, and is clarity. That's the best decision-making state to be in. Mm-hmm. So when you have your amygdala hijack the system, when, for example, anger, sadness, fear, hurt, guilt, those emotions take over your system, you have to break that state. I tell the metaphor, it's like a car sitting at the top of a hill, yeah? Mm-hmm. When that car first starts rolling, if you're close enough and you can catch the car fast enough, chances are, let's assume that you're very strong and the car's not that heavy, you can hold the car in place. Mm-hmm. However, the longer that that car rolls down the hill, the more momentum it gets, your chances of stopping the car decrease markedly, yeah? So, yeah. same with an emotional state. When you notice yourself start to go into a state, you have to be fast, right? You know, there's, without even talking about the whole issue of secondary gain, which is where you're going to gain from having your problem. If we ignore that and just say, most people don't like to feel bad, 
you have to notice when you go into the state. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When you notice it now, you've got the ability to change it. So for example, let's contextualize it, right? I'm, I'm standing there in King George Square. I, I, I notice, I'm trained this, so I notice it faster than most people may. Mm-hmm. But I notice, holy shit, Todd, you were going down, your car's rolling down the hill. I need exactly. to get the brakes on. Yeah. So the way you do it, right, and this is very important, right? If you want to, if your listeners watching uh, and people watching, if you want to read a book, there's a great book called Presence by Amy Cuddy. She's a professor from Harvard University in the US. Mm-hmm. She wrote a book all about body language and how the body affects your chemistry and your emotional state. Yeah, yeah. A very, very cool book. Amy Cuddy, Presence. Anyway, what, what, what we've been teaching in NLP since the 70s is that your body is connected with your um, thoughts and they combine to create your feelings. Now we've got the research and the science that backs that up. So when you change your body, you change your state. And most people, the mistake that they make when they're trying to control their emotions to make better decisions is they try to think their way out of the emotion. It doesn't work like that. A small fraction of people have got the logical prowess to be able to assert dominance over their emotions, but most people don't. So the easiest way, right? And this, it sounds stupid, but you have to radically change your body, mm-hmm. right? So this is me. I'm in King George Square, right? 2012, okay. whatever it was. And, and I'm like, I'm there. I'm like, okay, Todd, you got to catch yourself. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. You take a deep breath in, a fast, sharp breath. Because when you need to shock the system. So I go, goes in, into the chest. You can feel it go down here. Stomach comes out. And then you breathe out. I, I, my shoulders go back. I click my fingers and I stamp my feet. My heels, I stamp my feet down. That shocks the system just long enough. So imagine it like the door's closed and you're in an emotional state. The only way you can get back out of that emotion room is to open the door again. So that closing, looking up, stamping your heels on the ground, that cracks the door open just long enough for you to be able to slide your hand out. Mm-hmm. So next thing you need to do to assert control over your thought process and your emotions is you have to change a couple of things. You need to ask yourself a couple of better questions. So the first thing you need to change is step two. Step one is radically change your body mm-hmm. and own it. You have to say to yourself, am I in control right now or am I letting myself be controlled by my emotions? In NLP, yeah. we say, am I at cause or effect? Cause okay. means I control myself. Effect means I'm at the effect of everyone and everything. It's very disempowering being in effect. So am I at cause or effect right now? I'm at cause, yes. The next step, step two. Okay, number one, how am I choosing to view this? That's the first question, very important. Now, this is activating your cortex. Before, when the emotions were controlling you, you're all in the emotional brain, right? The cortex is shut down. The blood's rushed all the way back to the amygdala centers. And what's happening, right, is that you can't think. So you've broken the state by changing your body, taking the breath, asking an empowering question. Am I at cause effect right now? Step two, am I, how am I choosing to view this? Now, this is interesting, right? Let me explain what I mean by that. So here I am, right? I just found out a friend of mine had killed herself. That is reality, right? That's, the, that's objectable. Uh, 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 that's like an objectifiable reality, right? Like you, you can't deny that. It happens. So, it happens. It happened, yeah. But just because it happened doesn't mean I have to look at it like that. So people don't get how you look at things determines what you see. Mm. How you look at something determines what you see. It's an important thing. How you look at it determines what you see and how you see it. Cool thing. So I'm like, hey, well, how much is going to view this? And I was viewing it as two things. Number one, I should have known better. I should have noticed. And number two, I was going, ah, oh, 
she's a bad person. That's what all how I was viewing this. So I thought, okay, cool. The next question directly after you've identified what the current setting in your brain is, which for me, it was, she's a bad person. I'm a bad person. Then the next layer under that is what else can I make this mean? What else can I make this mean? Gotcha. That makes now sense. we start to change the meaning because meaning equals feeling. This is very important. Mm -hmm. What we focus on, we feel. What we feel becomes a behavior over time and that habit controls our lives. So it's important that we go back, back, back to the, the, the start, which is the meaning. So I'm looking at it in these two ways, which are very negative, mm -hmm. and I'd given it a meaning. I'm a bad person. She's a bad person. That created the feeling, right? Mm -hmm. So I go, how am I choosing to view this? What else can I make this mean? And then for me, I, ch I changed the meaning. This is, I give this story in live events because if this can work for suicide, which is a very serious thing, yeah, yeah, it can yeah. work if your boss yells at you. It can work if you're having a bad day at work. I've taught this to so many people over the years mm -hmm. and it works all the time if you just do it. What else can this mean? And for me, I found a meaning that was plausible as a stretch but it still was enough for me to grab onto just, which was, this is the only way she could have peace. And what's that say? Sorry. This meeting has been upgraded. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I just popped that, on my screen. Yeah. Um, I'm like, well, what else can this mean? And once again, I got the stretch, which was for her, this is the only way she could be at peace. So I shifted the, the meaning and the focus from me completely onto her and I shifted it a bit. And then here's the thing that gets rid of the emotion and clears you. What the, the third question in step two, which is what are the positive learnings I can take away from this experience? Mm -hmm. A lot of the times what happens people when they, and they try to learn something, right? Cause learning is the equivalent to resolution in my opinion, right? Mm -hmm. And resolution is the thing that has emotions disappear. You know, anyone that's got emotional baggage stored there that's beyond 18 months old means that you've got no resolution at the unconscious level, which means you've not learned what you need to learn for your unconscious mind to make you feel safe yeah. in the future without the emotion. The unconscious mind stores the emotion for the emotion to protect you because you've not yet got the learning to keep you safe, if that makes sense. So I go, what, what positive learnings can I take from this? And for me, the, the learning that this, this, this is just me personally, it's completely subjective. I go always have to find the time to tell people in your life that you love them because if it's a tear to my eyes right now, like you never know, like when it's going to be the last day I recently lost my grandmother. And when I compare losing her with losing my, my, my pop, my dad's side a couple of years ago, losing my pop, it hurt a lot. And I cried a lot and I real men cry, <laughs> but like I did. And I've been hired quite a few times over the years to do um, grief coaching, to help people that have either lost loved ones or are about to lose loved ones. And I very firmly don't believe now that when we do lose someone in our lives, the, the extent and the duration and the intensity of the emotion that, that lingers is completely based on all the things that were left unsaid. So when I compare my, my pop, there's lots of things I felt like I couldn't say to him because, you know, I was younger. Um, you know, there's this whole masculinity, masculinity dynamic that was occurring. And I didn't necessarily say all the things that I should have said to him, right? When I compare that then to my, my nan, like I just said to her, I said, I love you. I, I Thank you for looking after me when I was a kid and no one else was there to do it. Like, like I, just, I just shared everything. I let my heart open up. And because of that, when she passed away, I had no grief. Very interesting. Yeah. Yeah, you didn't have so once again, the learning though, anything. yeah, the, the learning though, for me, which let the emotion go was always tell the people in your life that you love them. 
And then boom, step three in the three-step breakthrough process is go. Don't stop. Don't like that you do not want to stay there and stagnate and, and, and think about that thing. You just want to go, okay, because as soon as you've done those, those three questions in step two, right? How am I viewing this? What else can this mean? And what can I learn from this? The emotion is going to change. You're going to get clarity. The next thing you do is step three is just do. Make a decision and move. So for me, I'm in Kingswood Square. Everything's gone. I'm like, all right, let's do this. Boom. And I went, I did the meeting, did the training, and I attended her funeral. Interesting enough, right? I attended her funeral um, like a week later, mm -hmm. and I didn't cry. Like, and it wasn't that I had no emotion, but like it was a different emotion. It wasn't sadness. It wasn't loss. It was like just like a sense of peace. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's, sense. I can see that. I have, a, I have a lot of questions now popping up from that. That is <laughs> a, an amazingly powerful model. But my, um, my first thoughts for myself and for people listening is, you mentioned the sharp inhale, the clicking of the heels and the clicking of the hands. Is that something yep. that you've set? So is that something an that you... Sorry? Is that an anchor are you saying? Yes, is that an anchor that you intentionally have created and set? So when you do this process, it's always the same thing. Um, I do it every single time, yeah. but funny enough, I've taught this now at many events. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and this is one of the things that I give to everybody that attends our live events uh, when we're doing them in 2018, 2019. Mm -hmm. um, and it's not idiosyncratic as in, it doesn't just work for me because I'm me. Um, I actually had one guy, Thomas emailed me saying that he'd done the whole heel. He goes, he's Polish, right? And he's like, God, God, I did the whole heel clicking thing. And it was amazing. I'm going into a job interview and they tell me again and again and again, no, no, no. And I'm getting disheartened. I'm getting upset. I'm getting sad. And you know, I'm like, oh, this is my last chance to get a job. And he goes, I remember what you said on stage. You told me that I need to get in the right state. Three steps. So yes, yes. I'm about to go to job interview. I kick my heels on feet. I go, and of course, I walked in and boom, I got the job. <laughs> That's awesome. That's right. It works everyone because once again, mm -hmm. it's, it's a combination of things occurring at once. Number one, mm -hmm. you're changing your body, which changes your, your, your state. Mm -hmm. Number two, you're shocking the system. So that's a shock. That's so auditory, physical, you've got that, that physical breath. Um, and, there's, and then you look up too. That's like, it's, it's three things at once, visually, auditorily, mm -hmm. and then physically. So it's like a three-step Three, three things in one, if you think about it, really. Is there a reason for the look? It doesn't have to be the heel clicks. It's, it's just what um, the ones that we teach is what to do. Yeah, I don't know. I'm a clapper. So there's mine. <laughs> I clap and I bounce up and down. He's happy it's, clapper. Yeah, I'm a happy clapper. <laughs> so it's whatever's going to do those three things and face it. So your auditory, your physical, and your um, your breath work as what, well. What's so. going to interrupt so whatever's going circuits on. as possible is the, the important yeah. part. Yep. Because I've heard of people like holding their breath and doing push-ups until they don't breathe again. And then it kind of switches them out of whatever they're thinking because their body's like, you have to breathe. You're running out of oxygen. So it can change yep. the thought process immediately. It can. Uh, once again, uh, whatever it is, the, the, the principles, we think about the principles, right? So we've talked about a way to do it. If we talk about the principles inherent in those three steps, mm -hmm. the principle in step one is to interrupt the pattern of thought and emotion that's going on inside. It's to yeah. interrupt yeah. the emotional centers of the brain. Fastest way to do that is to move the body. Yeah, the yeah, principles yeah. inside of step two is to reframe the meaning centers of the brain. So your, your brain has come to a conclusion about whatever's going on and that makes you feel stressed, anxious, fearful, whatever. You need to change yeah, yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. What, how, am I, what, how am I viewing it? What does it mean? 
what learning's going to get from it that will help me in the future, right? And then step three, the principle is three, two, one, go. Just move. Movement creates movement, right? Stagnancy creates more stagnancy. Okay. That's piecing it together again for me. And one more question that came up. You said at the start that the most important part and like the sooner you can recognize this, the easier or the better and the the quicker it will be to change it. Any tips on that part? Because that seems to be from an outside view where it could easily miss the window where you could where you change it and then you're down in spiral. Like any tips on um, identifying that early? Yes. First of all, there is no wrong and there is no right. Okay. That's the first thing. That's, that's to move, remove expectations. Um, everyone's different. Yeah. Everyone is different. Mm-hmm. Some people are hypersensitive to their emotions, which is fine. Um, because you notice when you go into the state, um, some people are, uh, are numb to emotions and that's okay as well. It's something we just need to learn. Um, the, the, the best way, and this, this is it, this is it. Okay. So whatever end of the spectrum you are, right. Whether you're you've got the IQ of uh, you're the, the, the EQ of a EQ wizard, which means that you can just, you just sense the emotion coming and boom, you get rid of it. And that's like one end, right? And then this end of the spectrum is like, you've got the, the EQ of a rock. Um, anywhere in between, wherever you are, it's, it's trial and error. So the first thing is I've right now today given you a box to put something into. Without the box, you would just feel whatever you feel without being able to actually give it a meaning. So I'll put a frame around it. So now that people watching and listening, I've got a frame, start to notice. Okay, so as I'm entering a state, you can then start to go, ooh, ooh, I'm going into it. Now you may notice it straight away. Or you may notice it all the way down just before you crash into the wall, which is where most people end their emotion, right? A crash into the wall, it's an explosion, it's chaos. The, the, the goal, once again, this is just progressively improving our sensitivity to our emotions. The goal is that you, you, if you've got, the, if you've got the, the, the EQ of a rock, you may only notice it just before you hit the wall. Mm-hmm. But that's better than hitting the wall, Right. And then like, you know, the next time you go into a state, you might notice it five meters from the wall. You just want to build upon those little wins and those little successes. And I just want to make sure I communicate properly to to your listeners and watchers. I don't expect you to be perfect day one. I just expect you to do it. Don't do it perfectly. Just get it done. That's what I always say. There's, 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 I say this, right? Uh, There's what's that? It's like a Chinese proverb or something. You know, what was the best time to to plant an oak tree a hundred years ago? Yeah. Yeah, whatever it was. It's like, and what's 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 the next best time now? Yeah. So now that you've got a frame of reference around how to do this, just start improving upon it. When I got out of prison, I had the EQ of a rock. Okay. Mm. I was that guy. I had a lot of reasons to shut off to the world. I was a lot of a lot of hurt and betrayal in my life. And because of that I shut off, very, very bad, very dangerous. And I had to over the years learn how to feel again. And like today, I'm, it's it's very hard because like Emotions can hurt. And like, it took a lot for me to open up and learn how to trust people again. Mm-hmm. But I did it because like, what's the, what's the opposite? Always being numb, not knowing what kind of, even if you don't feel it, it's happening. Okay. I think and that's how people explode. I was going to say, I think that's an important thing, being able to realize and think about what's the alternative. So I can go with this feeling and stay the same as I am right now. And I'll continue to be roughly the same going onwards. Or... What's the alternative? I go through the bit of the pain to do the work, to learn, to be better with my emotions, higher, easier, like you're talking about. Yep. And then 
you have the potential to live like a, a life where you actually enjoy it more. You have more, you have more feeling, you have more fulfillment, but I think people need to be able, it's like the, um, the term in economics, like what's the, what are you giving up to do this? Like, what are you not doing because you're doing this? Sacrifice. Yes. Mm. Yes. Or not, it's, no, it's just opportunity cost. this term. So yeah. what's the opportunity cost of doing this and not this? Yeah. Like that is an important thing. That's, that's what's come it's, up for me when you've been sharing. It's the principle of sacrifice, right? Mm. Um, what people, I won't say ignorant because that's not the right word, but most people aren't able to necessarily see because either they weren't exposed to this kind of thinking growing up or well, that's probably the main reason really, but like is that you're always making sacrifices, right? Like you're either sacrificing yourself to create a better life mm -hmm. based on saying no to certain things right now so you can have more later or you're sacrificing your better life in the future just so you can have things that make you feel good now. And it's like, choose your poison. Which one do you want? Do you want to do a little bit of sacrifice right now that's balanced sacrifice? Because I'm not like, I'm not like a Nazi saying, yeah, hey, don't have yeah. fun. I'm like, choose your poison, choose your sacrifice. <laughs> because at some point you will pay the cost of either sacrificing or not sacrificing in certain areas. So why not do it now? Why not? Mm. Like I always say that there, it's never too late to start. It's always too late to wait. Mm. Right. Mm. So like, why not start that business idea now? Why not start mastering emotions now? Why not start mastering your mindset now? You're stuck mm. in housing commission. Who cares? I've got plenty of friends that have been in housing commission, got their mindset right and got out of it. Like, like why not do it now? Mm. I, I get that. I fully get that. I mean, mm. This is like inspiring me to want to go and do things as well. But I can see how it's easy just to coast along without having someone like yourself who's like, who's been through the process. You can tell the story. You can have the emotional connection and get you through and like resonate with it. Do you have any um, insights or like tips on how people can go about doing this if they're, if they're on their own? So if someone was listening to this, how can they, this is something I've, I've struggled with in the past as well, is maintaining a consistent belief that you can do something and maintaining the right kind of mindset to carry on with it without getting derailed by other people or setbacks or things like that. That is something that I know is a problem for like a lot of people out there. Yeah. yeah, I can, I can tell you the answer, the only answer community is yeah. the answer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, the fact is I, I don't know. <laughs> I've done this for a long time, right? I've met lots mm -hmm. of people. I've, I've done everything from recruitment runs. I've done the venture capital route a number of times. I've like done a lot of different coaching, different settings and met lots of interesting people over the years. Yeah. And I, I don't know any person that is, is hyper successful in whatever area of endeavor they're, they're pursuing that doesn't have a support network. Like you need it, whether it's one person, two person, you know, three people, a community, a full big team, like having other people there to help you stay accountable is such a powerful thing because most people, and once again, there are the freaks like David Goggins of the world, right? That just have such a, a, a freakishly obsessive nature about them to consistently push themselves and push themselves. But most people aren't like that. Yeah. So let's just set the bar right from the start. So number one, if I was to give a tip on, on how to, to, to stay motivated, stay on track, right? Even when the, the, the motivation slumps is number one, motivation is fleeting. So motivation, if you want to feel motivated, think about the last time that you felt motivated and boom, you feel motivated pretty quick, right? So motivation isn't the key, passion is. Passion, inspiration, and your why. So that's the first thing. Number two is that pain is always more motivating than pleasure. 
So it, it's important that don't don't shy away from the pain. Like, you know, David Goggins, right? When he, he talks about it, for those who don't know, David Goggins is a, he's a beast of a man, right? He's a beast. If don't know, I'm checking out. I love him. He's great. Um, but like when he was morbidly overweight, obese, right, as he, as he said himself was, um, like he would look in the mirror and he would just shout at himself. He goes, you're an embarrassment. You're this. And he would be raw with himself, not for the purpose of putting himself down, but for the purpose of making him feel bad enough to be accountable, to get out, to go for the run, to lose the weight, to get his life back on track. So never shy away from the pain. Pain is your friend in regards to changing any era of your life. And then the third thing is, is get, get, a, get a coach. Like, oh, we've got coaches. Like the most super critical thing is when a coach doesn't have a coach, in, in my opinion. But like get a coach, get a community, get someone around you, get some support. Tell people about what you want to do and say, hey, can you, can you keep me accountable? Kick my ass. I give you permission to kick my ass. Like I have people that, that we train, right? Like and we train people obviously in a mindset setting, but also in a business setting as well. And like entering the agreement, I let them know. I'm like, I am harsh. I am firm. Like if you're not, provi- if you're not giving me the stuff back when I need it, when I want it done, then like I am going to like be harsh and, and hold you accountable. So find someone like that. Find someone that will is okay to, to pull you up on your bullshit because what, what you'll do, right, as things get tough, you'll start to tell yourself a little narrative, right, a little mm-hmm. inner narrative, mm-hmm. which is something along the lines of, for example, it's a health goal, yeah, mm-hmm. and you want to lose weight. You'll, you're, it's cold outside right now. We ice bath every day, so I don't really feel the cold anymore, to be honest. Okay. My wife is like... <laughs> Dude, my wife is like, my wife is like, oh my God, you're crazy. It's like, it's like nine degrees outside. I'm yeah. like, I don't feel a thing. But, but yeah, like find someone that can keep you accountable, that will hold you to a standard. That way your inner narrative, your inner stories don't stop you taking the action that you want to create the life that you want. Because it's cold outside, right? It's very easy when you're sitting on the warm couch watching Netflix to go, oh, you know what? It's, it's, it's a bit cold outside. I might just watch Netflix instead of going for the run. So get that network, that support group, that those people that have got the similar vision, direction, purpose, intensity about them. We are like those people that we hang around. And, and here, here's something that's interesting, right? Mm-hmm. And I've seen this now and you know, I'm currently writing a couple of different books. And I, I recently wrote a chapter on this where I was talking about, you know, a lot of people that I've, 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 I've observed over the years of coaching and it's 10 years of it now. So I've, I've seen lots of people and like, I look back and I notice there are so many people that are trying to move forward in life. Right. Mm-hmm. And like, for those that are watching this, like they're, they're moving forward and like one arm that's holding them back as they're trying to pursue their future that they want and they crave is their limiting beliefs, their doubts, mm-hmm. their, their values where they don't think that they're good enough or they don't, you know, this, mm-hmm. this internal baggage, the inner game is not right. And that's just holding them back with one arm. And then the other arm is people in their lives that support the old version of them that they're not happy with. And they don't support, cherish, encourage the future version that you as a person are trying to move towards, right? Mm-hmm. This is called having a, ne- a negative social circle around you. And like, it, it's a tough thing. You've got the internal doubts, limitations, mm-hmm. and emotions, and then you've got the people that hold you back. And like, for you to create the best life that you want, you have to, one, let go of the internal stuff because that plays a big pivotal role in your success. That's the 80%. And then you've got outside stuff as well, which are people because like, you know, I'll give you a real example. I've got someone who's actually a student and like, unfortunately for her, she, she does not have the best family dynamic. Yeah. They're not supportive. 
They always make her feel bad. They tear her down, like into the ground. And like that, that's horrible. But like, that's, that's a raw truth. You know, some people come from good families and they, they can't even believe this kind of stuff happens. Well, I want to say it does. Yeah, different and if you're in that kind of situation, I get it. Like, oh my, <laughs> my, family, my family's all a whole heap of chaos, right? Yeah. Like people look at my family and go, what the damn hell sometimes? But like, but like you have to get these right, yeah? So you have to change the circles and you need to let go of the emotions. Because if you, for example, get your mindset right, which I'm giving you heaps of tips and tools today to get this yeah. stuff right. No matter how good you get yourself, how on point you get yourself, because this woman, right, she got all this stuff. It was great. She's on fire. She's starting a business. She's changing her life. She was the hardest job in the world, right? Like she's got multiple kids, no dad in the life. So she's doing it all herself. That's hard. Like I applaud that. That is hard work. Yeah. But then she's got these shit staying family members that are bringing her down. I'm raw with her, right? I said, that is some bullshit. That is not love. That is not care. Right, them to always be bringing you down when you're trying to build something for yourself and your family is disgusting and appalling. Mm. I said, why do you continue to feel the need to impress them? She started to cry, and I said to her, I said, I said, I see what you're doing because I did it myself. Like I ran away from home when I was 11 because like mm. my stepdad was a tyrant, and like the the relationship with him and my mum was was really bad. So like I was always fighting with them. I ran away. And I, I met my dad. I didn't really have my dad in my life very much growing up. And I always got told heaps of bad things about him. So it's a negative thing that was occurring there. Anyway, I, I found him and lived with him when I was like 11 or 12. And, and like I got myself on track because my mum had me diagnosed with ADHD when I was five. I was on medication. I was always considered a freak. It was, it was really hurtful, yeah? And then my dad's like, you're not broken. Wake up, grow up, and you're not taking medication. I grew so much, yeah? And like what happened was is that as I got better, as I grew personal growth and I felt like, holy shit, I'm a good person. I'm smart. I'm not broken like I've always been told. I then had this deep unconscious need to go and prove to my stepdad and my mum that I was not broken. And I said this to this woman, right? And I'm bringing it full circle now. Mm-hmm. I said, I see you doing the same thing because like I did it. I did it multiple, three times, right? I went back to my mum and lived with her and it always ended in chaos because they treated me exactly the same as I was and they didn't see me for who I'd become. Yeah, yeah. And it blew up. So once again, for your listeners and your viewers, right? You have to become aware. Are there people in your life that don't support the future that you want? Like you can love someone but not always see them. That's the first thing. Secondly, you're to clean up the inner stuff, right? There's the, your values, your beliefs, your expectations, your conclusions, your emotions. That is the secret to dominating life. I love it. That, the imagery really uh, rings a lot of bells in me of being held back by people where you're trying to move forward. And if you can, again, full imagery, if you can bring that forward so they're pulling you forward where you want to go, that makes such a difference. Because I, I, I know and I can see that. I, I can see where I've done the same thing or similar to you as well, trying to please people this concept I've been going through and like digging into the psychology of the stories we tell ourselves. And this kind of is like ringing very closely to what you're saying. Like the story you tell yourself internally and like, Oh, I need to do this because like just taking a step back and looking at it and realizing, wait a minute, that's not the truth. That's just a reality I've created. The concept of like different stories that you can write yourself and like lead yourself in the direction you want. That's something I've been playing with and something that I think, is, is in line with what you've been sharing. It's a lot of, a lot of 
valuable content. I'm kind of piecing together what you've been saying. It's, it figures like you're putting a toolbox together of like how to deal with things on like immediate actions that happen and things that go down, like, and then how you can go forward and continue to move forward and like keep it on track and like get yourself going. It's, it's coming full circle for me. <laughs> Thank you. That's good. We're just scratching the surface at the moment. Like these are just some tools that you can utilize. There's so many more out there that you can put together in your toolbox to always be on top of your game. So, mm. is there any other ones that you think would be super useful or super helpful? Yeah, I reckon. I don't know how long we'd be going for, but I, I could talk under bloody water to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> if if I was though to 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 give like a a final really really good recommendation yeah, for people yeah, yeah. And, and like you know. This, this comes from experience. I, I hope you, you, your listeners and viewers can, can feel this too. Like the reason why I go on tangents is because I do speak from experience and like this kind of gets under my gears when, you know, when we got in this industry, I saw there's a lot of people out there that don't necessarily come from the heart, lack authenticity and, and yeah. like, yeah, you know, let's read from a book and that grinds my gears because like as a coach, in my opinion, like you've got a very special job, which is to help someone go from a nightmare they're stuck into a place that they want to be. And like, when people come into that agreement with a lack of lack of authenticity, it is, it's, it's, it's frustrating. And the best advice I, I ever give anybody, right. Is that the absence of the absence of certainty is always going to be the thing that leads to inaction. Right. Yeah. So yeah. uncertainty breeds inaction, distress, anxiety, and things not getting done. So, what we need is two things. Number one, we need rituals. And number two, we need competencies, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Just making a mental note, not to go down a political path, talking about equity. Stop there, Todd. <laughs> um, <laughs> rituals and um, competencies. So when I've in the past worked with people that are really, really, see, when I first got, got into coaching, here's what happened, right? So, you know, 10 years ago, when I first got into coaching, I did not feel comfortable working in a business coaching setting because I had not had any success in business. It's one of my things. I have to have success somewhere first before I can teach to someone else. It's this how I'm wired. I, yeah, anyway. So I couldn't do that. So what happened was, is I went and got all these qualifications that I only wanted to use in a sales setting. And it was my only intention. However, what I did learn was transformational, can help you get your emotions and all this kind of good stuff. And just talking about what I've learned, I started to get people come into my circle who had been addicts. Because once again, when I was 16, 17, I was addicted to crystal meth. I was doing freaking all these drugs every single day. I was really bad. And I, I fixed that. I changed that myself. So I, I started to attract these people that had addictions. And I also attracted people that had had, you know, rather shitty upbringings as well. Mm -hmm. And I found that very, very interesting. Your, your vibe attracts your tribe, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. And like these yeah. people got attracted into my life and I started to do coaching with them. And what I noticed working with really, really, I say quote unquote broken people, because I don't think people are broken. I just think people develop a lot of layers of protection mm -hmm. that aren't healthy, I think. Um, but yeah, these, these people, right, that were really at the bottom of the barrel. What I noticed was, is that the easiest way that I could start to get momentum with them, and this was only from my own experience that I realized this connection. See, when I started to pull my life back together from 18 through to when things were quite marvelous, what happened was it wasn't instant, yeah? Mm -hmm. um, 
what I focused on when I got out of prison, because when I tell the story about how I got out of prison, it was this miracle because I was going to spend my whole life there. People go, oh my God, that's great. Yes, yes, yes. I'm like, no, it sucked because now the next challenge, which was I have no skills. I dropped out of school in year 10. I've got like a dad that drives trucks. Mum does what she does. And it's just like, like there was no direction. There's no guidance. I felt lost. I felt like I was a, a boat in the ocean going nowhere. And the way that I, yeah, the way that I could get myself back on track and moving somewhere was to focus on an area of competency, becoming good at one thing first. And this is for anyone that's really, really at the bottom. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So for me, I focused on my body. That was the first thing I focused on because it was completely within my control. I had absolute control over whether I could go for a run, I could do push-ups, do something, right? Mm -hmm. That started to become good. I then started to feel confident because number one, when I was 18, I was introverted. <laughs> Most people don't get this. Like I'm actually naturally introverted. He's the extrovert. I'm, I'm actually <laughs> introverted. And then when you I'm on learn. stage or I do coaching, I become extroverted. Um, but then I, I go and I recruit into a shell for t 10 hours. Um, <laughs> but like, yeah, correct. Right. So I, I got that competency and that gave me confidence, a little tiny sliver of confidence when I, when I got out of prison, because I didn't have any, when I first got out, I had false bravado right? And that's very different from true confidence. And I got that competency. Then I also became obsessed with learning. So then I started to learn things, the human mind. That's how I found NLP, hypnosis, positive psychology. I just got obsessed and I got really, really good at it as well. So I developed all these different areas of competency. And on top of that, I had these routines in place that I would not negotiate with myself on. Like I had to exercise. I had to learn something every day. And that structure, that routine and developing those competencies changed my life, changed my life completely. Every single area, my financial life was completely changed by the time I was 23. Like my emotions, the way that I trusted people, relationships, everything changed from focusing on a little bit of structure that I committed to and becoming competent at more and more things over time. So really it's doing the things every day, staying on track and doing the small progressions in the routine. Cause that's something right. that you hear all the time. Like excellence is just continually doing the things you need to do over time. That's how you get good. That's how you make progress. Aristotle. We are what yeah. we repeatedly do. Excellence that's is the not a, a habit one by training and habituation. Yeah. 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 Man, I think that's amazing. And, um, I don't really want to wrap it up now, but I think we are coming to the end and running out of time. Like I have so many more things. I'm sitting here getting excited to listen to this. I feel like I need to take notes and write it all down. But for anyone listening, this is just scratching the surface. Like where can they go to learn more about what you do and like get some more information, coaching or anything, if they want to go down that route? Absolutely. Look, look the best place. Uh, two, two things. Number one, um, depending on what you're after, we, we do a couple of things here, right? Number one, we, we train and certify people in NLP, hypnotherapy, Talmud therapy, and coaching. So we train and certify you to an international stand. If that's up your alley, go to our website, www.aofoundations.com, follow the links. Mm -hmm. Number two, we train uh, people to, we actually coach people to grow their businesses as well, um, specifically coaches and consultants. So we've got a program there that tickles you fancy. Mm -hmm. You can follow us on Facebook and shoot us a message. Cool. Um, and if your emotions are kind of out of whack, your mindset, your performance and stuff like that, jump on our website, www.aofanations.com. And we've got some cheat sheets there completely for free. Mm -hmm. Go absorb some of our stuff. Yeah. I've got like videos upon videos on Facebook. So once again, AO foundations on Facebook, yes. like just go absorb as much, as, as much stuff as you can. I've got buckets of stuff from, from mindset, emotions, business, everything. 
And um, if you want to take it a step further, just reach out, reach out to us on Facebook, myself, Todd Pierce, Alpha Omega, or Dean Martin. See, I make friends. Dean keeps them. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good gig. It's a good balance. So yeah, that's, that's the best way. We've got plenty of free stuff online if you guys want to go on a binge. And if you actually want to get some personalized help, just shoot us a message. We, we do you know, little complimentary sessions for free to kind of decide whether there's a fit between us and what you want. And um, yeah, we're here to serve at the end of the day. That's, that's amazing, guys. <laughs> I feel like there's a lot of value to be had there. And um, last minute before we wrap up, anything, any final word you'd like to share? Anything you want to add in this? Um, just realize that everything starts and ends with you. So, you know, always look at what you can control. But there's so many things going on in the world at the moment that we can't control. The more you focus on that, the more stuck you're going to be. So if you start focusing on what can I do, I can go outside and I can go for a walk. I can go outside and go for a run. I can control what goes into my body. I can control what I move. I can control what money I bring in. So it's focus on what you can control and your life's going to be so much better. Um, but if you always focus on what the news is doing or the government's doing or virus or whatever else is going on in the world, you've got no power whatsoever over your life. You're giving it away. And to, to quickly... To close it off, yeah, I'll, I'll just quickly recap everything because some people like a recap at the end. Cool, I guess, it? yeah, I guess just to recap everything we've said from memory, number one would be remember that that car on the hill, yeah? So when the emotion starts, you need to do something to change it because that's going to affect your decision-making process. Why you do that is use a three-step process. Number one, change your body. Number two, change your focus and meaning and get a learning. Number three, move, do something. Yeah. And then the, the next thing that we moved into too, which was all about getting structure routines and and competencies in your life that literally unleashes your confidence and certainty in life and you become unstoppable so that's how i'd finish it off that's amazing well let's let's wrap it up thank you so much for your time guys it's been a great one now i know people are going to get so much information so much help from this one thank you so much thank you awesome